welcome in to Potty Pod Cinema. It is July 9th, 2021, and it is Friday, which means news. And we actually have a pretty decent amount today. Um, gonna start off right off the bat. Robert Downey Sr. died. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, well, he's 85. It's, I mean, it sucks, but it's a pretty nice life. It's not totally, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, so I started looking up his... I went to his IMDb page to look up like kind of what he did because I'll be honest, I, I really don't know. I really don't know what he's done, and I was looking it up, and I still don't know what he's done. Well, he's watched. He's lived long enough to see his son go from villain to hero. That's what he did. Yeah, but like he was supposed to be his own. Like for real, I mean, his son was in rehab oh, in yeah. jail and yeah. all kinds of horrible things after a, a short stint of success or a long stint of success as he, when he was younger and then yeah it was uh, it's good for him that he was around able to stick around long enough to see him become the the giant mega franchise sober success he is now yeah i mean that's that awesome. is awesome yeah on a personal level that's awesome uh and that's great for him i don't know what he's done in the movie business like what, what i don't i don't think he was that insanely popular okay wasn't that prolific yeah i don't know no, he's don't. just the father of someone who is so all right, fair enough. Uh, hate started off on a downer, but the next one, the next piece of news is pretty good. So, well, eh, mixed bag. So there was a stunt woman that got hurt on the Mad Max Fury Road movie. Uh, for she was a stunt woman for Furiosa. She yeah. she ended up having to have brain surgery, and oh God. yeah, the fans found out and they raised more than seventy thousand dollars to help with. I'm guessing her hospital bills. Uh, That'll cover the anesthesiologist. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's it. My question is, how is the studio not paying for everything for a stunt person? Yeah, I would assume there's some form of, or or at least you would think the stunt person would have their own insurance. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, like a a covered, you know, guild insurance for for stunts. Uh, so yeah, that's that's surprising. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even the copays alone of twenty percent. You know, at a certain point, I mean, on brain surgery, I'm sure that's somewhere around brain surgery, somewhere around the quarter million mark. So if you're stuck paying 20 percent of that, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. It's 50 um, Ds. Yeah. So the woman's name is Dana Grant. Uh, and it kind of got spurred because Lucy Lawless uh, kind of started. The, I don't know if it was through a Kickstarter or how uh, it was a crowdfunding website, it says. But she did it because Dana Grant was uh, a stunt woman on Xena. And so, yeah, I, there's a lot of questions about, like, the industry. I mean, I, you always know stunt people are not really that well taken care of. You hear frequently how they have these bad accidents and that, you know, it's not the best. They do dangerous work, but still, they're just not covered. Well, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's just, it's, well, what, do we know exactly what caused it? Uh, say? I, I don't know. Um, okay. It just says just experiencing symptoms of traumatic brain injury. Um, Jesus. Later diagnosed with an eight millimeter aneurysm and upper spinal neck injuries. Ooh, Ooh. that's she's but, done. Grant's she health cares. insurance confirmed they are unable to cover the surgery. God, how is that possible? Wow. For stunt people, like how they should. I don't understand how that's possible. That's it's. Hopefully, this sparks a bigger thing to help cover stunt people because it's it's wrong that they don't they don't get that kind well, of coverage. Well, I mean, 
I, I guess that the issue would be you would have to be a stunt person on retainer at for a company like Universal, because not just you know because the problem is they're doing something that's very likely to potentially get them hurt. Mm-hmm. So, so the cost of said insurance monthly would be outrageous, which would mean that when she's not performing stunts, she couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? So the studio would have to pay for it, but the studio. But I don't think it'd be a retainer. I, it would be because that's like what you're saying is that they would just even when they're not doing. I think it would be like I imagine a lot of the movies are contract based. I mean, all these people are contract workers. Yeah, but insurance isn't. Yeah, insurance, but they still. If you have one day lapse, then you're not covered anymore but you still have to have you still have to ensure like the actors are insured because if something happens to them on the film they have to be able to recoup their cost for having people have to sit around for recovery or whatever they're like the actors are usually very heavily insured that's why for but do you know who insures jennifer lopez jennifer lopez like she pays her insurance okay so i i you that's what i'm saying so for a stunt so for a stunt person does she how do you know that because they talk all about it, like the Lloyds of London is is the one that's so proud of it. Yeah, they're they're the famous insurance company that yeah. takes on these crazy cases. They're the ones you always heard about, where it's like, oh, well, Jennifer Lopez hurts her butt. Yeah, <laughs> her butt's what she's famous for. You know what I mean? That uh, that she's covered for four million dollars and, and all that stuff. And they take these weird. They do. They work for companies too, but um, but but they typically cover their own. And and a stunt person usually is based on their their body type, right? So like certain that like charlie theron has like the same stunt person every time she works and mm-hmm. tom cruise uses the same stunt guys and you know all that kind of stuff so um so the thought press process on that is that charlie theron can afford her own insurance all the time right but she jumps from studio to studio making movies she doesn't just do movies for universal but, right she goes to MGM but it can't be that because movies. because a lot of times when when actors become the, like a lot of time, like well, it happened with Lindsay Lohan and Shia LaBeouf. Like they became too erratic, and too in, and they couldn't get insurance for the actors. Like that happens a lot of times when actors have, you know, they start having problems, and you they can't. No one will put them in movies, no matter how good of an actor they are, because they can't get insured. Yeah, but that's a different type of insurance. Though, what happens with that insurance is that a lot of the companies, the studios. Well, so let's say the production cost of a movie is $100 million, right? Uh, if Shia LaBeouf were to just say F you and leave the project even when it was 90% done, mm-hmm. that insurance covers the production cost of having to go back and redo the whole damn thing, um, which is, you know, high likelihood. Well, so the light, so obviously Shia LaBeouf's uninsurable on in that regard because they're like, no, God, the chances of him doing that is huge compared to say judy greer <laughs> right so yeah. uh so so yeah so the studio doesn't have to have any kind of insurance that judy greer is going to finish her you know finish the movie through from beginning from start to finish whereas on someone like shia labeouf or, or other types of actors that might have been more volatile in the past they do have to get insurance so like christian bale or or russell crowe probably have high insurance but because they've had issues on set but they but they never left. Whereas uh, Shia LaBeouf potentially could leave. Uh, you know, you know, see what I'm saying there. So that that's what that covers more, not specifically like they're getting hurt. And, and they do have to have insurance for onset injuries to a point. But I I wonder if stunt people are 
so volatile. You know what I mean? I mean, like that's such a high liability that insurance is like, yeah, you're covered on everything outside of stunt people. Okay, I I, I feel like you're wrong, but I don't know enough about it to challenge <laughs> I'm, you. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I am, but there's a, there's a reason they're not covering it. Yeah, and and if it had been like a key grip falling off of a ladder, you know what I mean? Or, 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 you know, was it Shia LaBeouf hurt his hand on the set of Transformers? Like those things would be covered, but I could see why an insurance company be like, no, dude, you're, you're dropping this person from high levels and, and having them run from explosions and you know, all this stuff. Yeah. We're not covering that guy. Like you cover that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like they should like, still no. have insurance. Like, yeah, I feel like they still have to have insurance. But, but the insurance has to weigh the likelihood of something happening with the cost of the insurance. So basically... So no stunt people are covered? I, no, I, I don't know. But I'm saying, like, I, I, want, I wonder if they have to cover themselves or if they're covered up to a certain amount uh, versus the studio covering them. Because I could see... The, company telling the studio sure yeah i'll cover the stunt person your, your insurance alone is going to cost you a million dollars because the chance of something happening is very high and they could sue you for 20 million dollars yeah. so you know we're not just going to cover you for eighty eight hundred dollars a month on the chance that we could have to pay out 25 million you understand what i'm saying yeah. so like it's like it's like living on the ocean front you know for hurricane insurance like if you live on the on the water in galveston or, or anywhere in the gulf you can't get insurance anymore if you're if you're the first house on the shoreline. Yeah. So those houses totally uninsured. They're a million dollars, no insurance. Wow. So uh, and they're like, yeah, that's high liability. You are going to get your house screwed up sometime in the next thirty years. And so no, we're not going to cover you for insurance unless what you pay per month covers all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would think that has something to do with it. Is the okay. nature of the job. Okay. Uh, I also appreciate that you loot, uh, lumped uh, Christian Bale, uh, Russell Crowe, and Judy Greer together. I, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I appreciate some Judy Greer as well. Uh, Absolutely. Let's move on to the next story. So, Zack Snyder is coming off his big Army of the Dead movie with Netflix. Uh, you and I have both really, really enjoyed it. And apparently so did Netflix because... He just signed another deal with them, and his next project is going to be an epic sci-fi fantasy titled Rebel Moon. Uh, he's going to co-write it and direct it and produce it. Uh, the interesting thing about it is that he originally put this together as uh, IP for the Star Wars franchise, but it got nixed, so he's just going to do it on his own. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, it was an idea for the Star Wars franchise? Yeah, he originally had this for the Star Wars franchise, and, and like apparently it had some traction, and then uh, it, it fell to the wayside. He said he wanted to do an Akira Kurosawa film, uh, like a Star Wars fan, and he, he so he did this. Um, it's origins, let's see, it's origins in a Star Wars pitch the filmmaker developed a decade ago. Um, it was a more mature take on the universe created by George Lucas and didn't move beyond meaningful conversations after the Walt Disney Company acquired Lucasfilm in 2012. So, okay. cool. Um, also, he's doing it with uh, a producer, oh man, Eric Newman. Uh, he's also produced, who Eric Newman's produced, Dawn of the Dead, Children of Men, Bright, and uh, he also is a producer on Narcos and Narcos Mexico. So, so this will be dark. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a darker kind of Star Warsy 
theme, which by Zack, Zack Snyder. I mean, cool. I love it, man. Yeah. It's, it's right up his alley. Yeah. for that. And after Army of the Dead, like, I know what I'm getting with Zack Snyder. Now, if he wants to do some period piece, um, I'm out. That's not that's not his thing. He's really good at these like Army of the Dead, stupid fun action movies. Nothing wrong with that. He he's really good at it. Um, Give him Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that would that would be that would be a nice foray into the 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 period piece. Period piece like it. Get behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just uh, you know what? I, anything he does, I'm kind of intrigued because now that I see how much interference he got from the studio with the dc franchise um after seeing his cut uh he got he got a very raw deal and it's not surprising dc has really screwed up a lot of their stuff they just i don't know how they did it so badly but and we we can go off on that tangent anytime yeah and good for him for making his own ip because like i i remember i was just listening to a robert kirkman interview and and, uh kirkman sorry and uh he's like you know his walk uh walking dead do you know he's made more from the comics than he's made from AMC? Really? From all from all the different things, yeah. Uh, as far as all that goes, yeah, because he makes all the money from the comics. Because when he left, because uh, he used to write for Marvel a little bit, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Why am I giving them all my characters and IP that I come up with when I could walk across the street, start my own company, and get all of the money?" And so he's like, yeah, I believe in myself. And so he went across the street and created his own publishing company and did Walking Dead and uh, and did Invincible. And uh, so he gets all the money from those comics. And so he has made a fortune from the comics. And uh, they actually went into they, they brought up dollar amounts. Um, and so Zack Snyder, uh, I mean, instead of doing DC and doing all this stuff like, yeah, make your own stuff yeah, like the Rebel him. Moon. What if that becomes a franchise down the line? I'm mean, good for him. Yeah. That makes makes more sense. And Army of the Dead is apparently going to be a multi-picture deal. Yeah. You know, like we said, we already know the sequel's coming. So, and and the anime series is already coming. So yeah, yeah good for him. Why yeah. not? He's got a good enough imagination and, and a good enough uh, storytelling ability within the absurd mm-hmm. to to make these kinds of things popular and work out. Yeah, his he is he is amazing at concept. And stylization. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the storytelling gets a little jumbled, but yeah. the way he does his movies, like I'm still gonna, I want to go see those in a, on a big screen. Like, and just, just don't. Yeah, and just don't try to do too much. Is my thing. Like, I actually liked Sucker Punch. I actually even liked it through the end of the movie. I still thought it was a good movie. I, it wasn't perfect. It mm-hmm. wasn't nearly what I hoped it could be. Yeah. Um, but it was still good. I mean, like, his floor was... It was still good. It was still entertaining for two hours. And, uh, like you said, the style was, was a blast. And uh, 300 was fantastic because there was very little storyline. <laughs> uh, you know, and Justice League... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and poo-poo that because his, uh, his version was. I his liked cut. his version. His cut was. Yeah. I thought was really, really. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was great. Yeah, exactly. It was really good. They just didn't let him finish everything and and you know take it further from from the end of that movie. So yeah, I thought it was really good. Right, fair enough. Um, let's move on to some. I I feel like these two guys, Zack Snyder and this other guy, have a lot of similarities. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, the the director known for uh, interesting, yeah, the uh, the Kingsman movies. 
So he's yeah. got another kick movie. Ass yeah, yeah, roll. yeah. I feel like he and I, Zack Snyder are very similar. Uh, no, not Rock and Roller. Rock and Roller was Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, but he was part of it. Oh, was it Matthew really? Vaughn was part of but Rock and Roller. He was part of Guy Ritchie's. He came from Guy Ritchie's like wings. Oh, wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was under his wing okay, for a while. Fair yeah. enough. Um, all right. So he's got a new movie coming out called Argyle. Um, and uh, it's a thriller set to be published next year, and it's going to begin filming in, uh, in Europe this August. It'll follow globetrotting adventures of a super spy named Argyle across the U.S., London, and other exotic locations. Um, pop singer Dua Lipa will provide music for the title track and score, as well as making her acting debut. I- I'll be honest, I am... Um, I know of Dua Lipa. I'm getting so old that I'm starting to not under know these. I I know she's very highly thought of. I couldn't tell you a song, but yeah, check out this cast: Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, John Cena, and Samuel Jackson. Oh, I like all those things. Yeah. Okay, that sounds <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that this this sounds yeah all those together I'm I'm 100 in. Who who did Man from Uncle? That was Guy Ritchie. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was no, that was a fantastic movie, and that just this feels a little bit in that vein, mm-hmm. and and that kind of makes sense because it's again they worked together uh, yeah. previously a few times, and Henry Cavill's back, so all right, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they'd made more Man from Uncle so bad, man. I do too. That was a lot. Of, that movie was a lot of fun. It was a, that cast. So Boy, much fun. talk about a load of cast. That one had Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, <sighs> oops, uh, Alicia Vikander, <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki, uh, Jared Harris, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is quickly becoming a favorite of mine. Like the last couple and apparently of apparently Guy Ritchie's. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, I mean, that's fine. He was great in The Gentleman. Um, yep. I heard he was really good in, what was that HBO movie, uh, HBO series? Yeah, The Undoing. Yeah, I heard he was great in that. Um, I liked him in Man From U.N.C.L.E. So, yeah. that guy's, yeah, he's starting to get some Randall's cachet, which I'm sure he's thrilled about. Uh, <laughs> it's his dream. Yeah. Uh, all right. The next one. So, I didn't I didn't see this. I had planned to, and you know how sometimes things just kind of get away from you. But... Uh, the the it was supposed to be a miniseries Good Omens from Neil Gaiman. Uh, it was supposed to be a one and done thing, and it got good reviews. It got it got uh, a six episode series two go ahead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean it it has to have stemmed from Neil Gaiman having an idea and pitching it and mm-hmm. saying I wasn't going to do a season two, but this would be fun. Yeah. You know, I I highly doubt. The studio was able to pressure Neil Gaiman to do anything. <laughs> yeah, because he has so much going on right now. Yeah, he's so busy. I could, I could, yeah, I would be totally shocked. So yeah, it it must have come from from that. And I know Neil Gaiman is friends with uh, David Tennant and uh, Michael Sheen. Oh really? Uh, in, in in real life, yeah, he's he's become friends with them oh, from cool. something I was. Uh, yeah, and I, I heard was it a David Tennant podcast? With uh, with him in it, uh, that uh, when you game in it, that anyway, I, I wonder if uh, if even one of those two guys uh, came up with the idea, because uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant are good, really good friends in real life. Okay. Uh, so I could see them even having brought something to Neil Gaiman saying, "Hey, 
uh, we want to do some more of this. What about this? And then we go, like, okay, yeah, I'll help it out. Like, I can see, I can see where that could happen, too. So, yeah, okay. I, the first one was a lot of fun. So I, I'm totally in for, for watching more. Yeah, it's cra- I was looking forward to that for so long. And then for some reason, I just never got around to, to watching it. And the cast is unreal. David Tennant, Michael Sheen, Francis McDormand, uh, John Hamm, Michael McKeon. That's- yeah, it, it was so fun, and it wasn't. It's not like it's the best thing you've ever seen in your life, but it was a lot of fun. It's very good. Yeah, that's what and it came across as. It's just, it's just a fun thing. Yeah, and it was just really funny because it's just a lot like. Do you remember that like Trading Places movie with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman years <laughs> yeah. ago? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good one too. Called yeah, and I remember them laughing during uh, uh, an interview, saying, "You know what was crazy about this movie is." We, we knew very well either one of us could have played either one of these parts so yeah. perfectly. Like, like this really, like, we almost mixed up who was who. And, uh, and they're like, so, uh, and when I watched Good Omen, they said the same thing. They're like, our personalities, they're like, we, we really should have played the opposite characters. <laughs> we could have, we, we were just, like, so perfect at playing, like, either side of that so well. And, and uh, anyway, yeah, you'll have to watch it. It's a lot of fun. It's goofy, stupid, fun British humor, and uh, yeah, I'm very happy about season two. All right, you have to get a shot. Um, so the movie, the Bateman and Reynolds movie, was called The Change Up, which you and I both enjoyed. It did not do well. Um, God, it was so funny. But it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, you know what? Back then, R-rated comedies uh, were rare. Yeah, it didn't do great. Uh, when did that one come out? I, actually, I was wondering. Yeah, was that in the heyday though? That Maybe might have been in their was. heyday. Uh, it came out in 2011, so it was the same year Horrible Bosses came out, which was also an R-rated movie. Yeah, Maybe I was, was wrong. That was their heyday. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I was wrong about that. Okay. I guess, was Ryan Reynolds not popular enough yet? That can't be. Well, 2011, like, he, because Ryan Reynolds had a dip for a while. Like, I, I heard he was still making pretty decent movies, there was just no one was going to see him. Um, say, when, he, when he made that movie Proposal, that's when he got really big again. Because he made a rom-com with Sandra Bullock, yeah. and everybody saw that. Yeah, like, that was a huge studio hit, and uh, and that was like his typical humor. So that I think proposal. brought him back to the public. So the proposal came out in two thousand nine, same year as X Men Origins Wolverine, which I think hurt him. But like he was doing a lot of not great stuff. Definitely, maybe chaos theory. They, well, yeah. things that people weren't going to see. He did Adventureland, which was uh, very enjoyable uh, around the but same time. He was like time. a bit part. Yeah, uh, he was the kind of bad, uh, yeah, not a bit part, but he was not the main thing in that one. Um, then he did Buried, which I heard was really good. I just haven't gone around to seeing. Then did Green Lantern, and that's kind of what killed him. Was in 2011, he did Green Lantern and The Change Up and Safe House, and none of those did well. Safe House was fine. Change Up was good. Green Lantern was. What not. did the Change Up? What did the Change Up make? Because uh, I thought it did okay. Um, I don't know. I'd have to. Yeah, I thought more. that one did all right. Um, let's see the changeup. Sixty plus million, probably. Uh, box box office, I guess. Box office. The yeah. Changeup box office. Um. Opening made thirteen million. The budget was fifty-two. Yeah, but what was the global? Oh, it doesn't matter. But usually, usually oh, domestic, yeah, domestic, worldwide, it made seventy-five. It made seventy-five. Domestic, it made thirty-seven. So, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah that's not good. To that's not good. Know. Yeah, that's not really not good. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't think 16. he came back until, because remember, he made, like, Turbo, which was an animated one that didn't do well. Then he did that R.I.P.D., which didn't do well. 
he didn't really come back until Deadpool, and then that's kind of what yeah. launched him in 2016. So he had like five years where he just. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, not I'm telling you, like Proposal made a ton of money. But Proposal, that, yeah, I understand that. But Proposal came out in 2009. Like. Yeah, so that gave him change up and and Green Lantern for 2011. Yeah. Uh, so he, he made he so he got something from that. But and then, but yeah, he and doesn't then, he wasn't really doing anything for then those bombs, six years so. until. Deadpool, Deadpool came yeah. out seven years until Deadpool came out. Yeah, sounds right. But jeez, all right, <laughs> went off on that tangent quite a bit. Yep. Um, all right, so this is kind of you'll have to tell me because I haven't seen this, but Greenland, the uh, <laughs> the Gerard Butler movie got a sequel. Jerry Butler, good for him. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You always give him more money. He gets sequels no matter what he does. That's and true. It, it doesn't matter how terrible it is. He got three Olympus's Fallen movies. <laughs> yeah, that is impressive. Three. The first one wasn't stupidly enjoyable. No, the first one was actually pretty darn solid. Uh, I actually enjoyed the heck out of the first one. The next two were pretty rough. But I the didn't first see one was them. Great. Yeah, I heard they were pretty rough. I didn't see those. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they weren't even that bad. The second one was fine. It was very much like that the type of movie you've seen a hundred times where I, I've just got to get from point A in the city to point B yeah. safely. And uh, wasn't that the Hitman's bodyguard? Wasn't that getting him across the city to a trial or something? Something like uh, that, but that was so much yeah. more fun. <laughs> 16 blocks was the same way. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's been done a hundred times. Yeah. But basically it happens in London, though, and then every all the all the world leaders are killed, but the president, and they've got to get him across the city somewhere safe but uh it was all right it was just a weird concept that had been done a million times and the third one was bad what about uh, geostorm geostorm they need to make three more <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but i no, think they no, did yeah. they just called them greenland and greenland too yeah well well very different movies but greenland was more of just deep impact part uh, okay. two, or, or or uh um 2012 part two it was just asteroids coming uh we got a limited number of people that are allowed to get to a safe house you're on the list but it was a little bit different in that it was like how do i get how do i get there safely to greenland and there were some interesting things that stop them and people are like bloodthirsty about getting those bracelets and stuff like so it was like fighting to get his family from point a to point b so that they could be safe and then they show kind of one of the major uh do you want me to spoil a little bit or no? Yeah, go ahead. I've never Plan seen. Yeah, I've never seen Greenland. I tried watching Geostorm, and I got about halfway don't, through, and I was like, don't, "This is rough." Don't compare those two. That poor actor. Do not compare Geostorm or yeah, one to Geostorm. Okay. Uh, but but uh, Greenland was actually pretty darn entertaining. Okay. And uh, and at the end, what was different from most of those is they opened the doors of the of the uh, survival pod, whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> area, and uh, and you see like the world now like what's left and it sounds like she's like the sequel is going to show how humanity builds itself back up which is interesting because i i don't that think we've ever seen cool. that done yeah that actually sounds cool that actually yeah yes. you don't see with a lot of these disaster movies you always have the first one where they're trying to escape the disaster you don't have the second part that is actually a pretty interesting idea yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of down for that because he's he and his family like it. Yeah, it it sounds like I would definitely like to see that. Having okay. seen the first one, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely in. All yeah. right, maybe I'll go back and watch Greenland. Um, Monica Bicaran was great too. I like her. Um, but yeah, I, I watched Geostorm, and that was so you know, like this is the top scientist in this field. I was like, 
I like Gerard Butler. No. Although, that in, was in Law Abiding Citizen, he was supposed seen. to be this genius engineer, and I, I bought all in on that. That was a great movie. Which one? Law Abiding Citizen. Did you ever see that with Jamie Foxx? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's no, a dude, solid you, movie. You, you can't hold Geostorm against the guy for everything else he's done. No. I, <laughs> I like Gerard Butler. I want him to do well. Like, he's he, he was the, like, in his early days, before he was, like, in 300, he was good in a lot of things here and there. But, yeah, he just... Oof. He is... He's he a treasure, and I say that unironically. Yeah. He is a, I like the dude. I Everything I see him in, he he brings an immediate presence that's somewhat believable uh, as, a, as a, I don't want to say tough guy. But no, not a but, that's, but that's a man. That's a man right there. He, he is a man. Yeah, he's a man. And I, he's, he's awesome. I, I, yeah, I, I, I like when seeing when the guy does well. But unfortunately, I mean, and I'm really not joking, Geostone was so bad. That no one will take him seriously for the next three movies. <laughs> that sucks. That's too bad. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on. So I, this is this thing is probably it's a small story, but I feel like it could have bigger ramifications. So Netflix and Amazon must invest twenty to twenty-five percent of French revenues in local content um, decreed by the French government. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. That that's something that that wasn't a deal they made with Netflix and Amazon. That's something they've now mandated. Yeah. That they have to do with their profits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird. It's gonna take. It's an eighteen month process, but they're wanting it. I, I get it because a lot of these companies are American. Netflix, Amazon, and Disney, and they're like they have Lupin or you know there's a lot of international stuff that like if it's the cream of the crop we get it like Lupin or what's that the the heist movie from Spain that was like the most watched thing yeah, on money, Netflix money heist yeah and worst name ever yeah or Ragnarok well it's a translation so it's not a great and I tried watching I know, it I know. but it was dubbed it was very difficult I prefer subtitles to dubbing I I can't the dubbing throws me off but then and then what was that German show the dark or whatever dark yeah yeah it was just called dark yeah so there's dark. a lot of foreign stuff that's coming out that i like zero 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 is i don't know if that's american i think that was because the director's italian but like gamora like there's a lot of good stuff coming from overseas that we that we can get but they're taking the movie and keeping it and then the countries are like well we want you to invest which i get it um you see, kind of same of the some of the same kind of tax purposes in the U.S. and Canada for with some of the things like that. So I get it, but this is I think this could set a precedent for a lot of other a lot it of other makes countries. Sense. It, it makes sense. Like you know, a big thing with uh, Amazon. Period. When Amazon started, was all right. You're you're shutting down mom and pop shops in say Texas, uh, all over the place. And people from Texas are now buying that stuff online on Amazon. And for the longest time, you know, Washington State got the tax money from Amazon because that's where their headquarters was. Uh, and so Texas and the, all the other states went, this is bullshit. Like the money's being spent by people in our state. The tax money needs to go to our state. Mm -hmm. and, and so that became a huge issue that finally happened. And now all e-commerce sites have to have to be careful about uh you know paying the taxes on where this their money came from in the u.s so with amazon and and netflix i mean they're shutting down french studios 
and 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 hurting French revenue from ads because people are watching things on Netflix. So yeah, I can see France going, hey, this is you're taking all this money away from our country. Uh, you need to reinvest if you're going to be doing that, or we'll shut you down in our country. Yeah, I could, I could totally see them doing that. The downside is, I, I could see Amazon, Netflix going, bring it, and then and and they and they rip Netflix and Amazon out of the country, and then all the French citizens going, uh, nope, <laughs> you, we want our Netflix back <laughs> yeah. to the country. You know what I mean? Like but, I could, but see they can do, like, but they don't have to. The way they can do it is using a lot more local. And I don't know how like they do it. I don't know if it's yeah. they have to because the shows are made overseas. So it's a lot of times um, if you make a movie, they'll say, "Well, you have to use local people to do it." So like for and, the and boom mics have... and things like that. So I'm not. It doesn't exactly explain how the they dedicate their annual revenue, but no, it, it makes sense because they have a leg to stand on now. With one, we're not asking you just give us the money back as cash. We're saying invest in French film, which you can then put on Netflix, so that and, and Amazon, so you'll you know you can you can make more viewers from this as well, so it can be a win-win. And two, uh, look at Lupin, like you talked about, that's French. Mm -hmm. uh, Lupin uh, was one of, is one of the top viewed things on Netflix. Uh, the first when the first part came out, uh, which was six episodes, it was number one for like two or three weeks in the world. And then part two just came out about a month ago, and it was one of the either number one or number two for like a month. So, yeah, they can be like, don't tell me Americans won't watch a French show that's dubbed because they did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the top thing. Yeah. So put more money into a good French thing, and, and yeah, it's a win-win. So. Yeah. Well, and I like getting all this content from other countries because they have it's, so it's not the same cookie-cutter stuff that you see. I don't want because otherwise we'd be stuck with like 17 different versions of NCIS or something like that over here. Yeah, um, and you know what was fun about Lupin uh, and made it worth dealing with the, uh, you know, the, the, the I don't want to say low budget, that's wrong, uh, the budget and, the, and, and dealing with the, the dubbing is that it's because it takes place in France, you know, going to the Louvre is not a location shot. For them that cost yeah. a fortune right they just walk down the street to the loo <laughs> and so they they have all these things and these cool you know uh you know french feel and different feel of of just the it just looks really high-end production because it's also foreign and uh and it's for them obviously the cost is not there uh because it is local to them so yeah it worked out and it was just a cool refreshing uh you know thing to watch uh from america so because it's just not it's not more of vancouver yeah, yeah. <laughs> every show you watch is made and filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, and everything starts to look exactly the same. Yeah. So yeah, having the French Ocean and the French Louvre and the and Eiffel Tower all in the background, you're like, wow. Like if if an American company filmed this, they would have had to go on location, and this would be crazy expensive. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking at the the article a bit more, and it explains it a little bit. So um, the decree says that streamers must dedicate 25% of their annual revenue in France in order to access films 12 months after their theatrical release or under instead of the current 36 month window. So it's to basically to get through, get by an embargo. Um, services that choose to invest 20% of their French revenues will have access to movies that are 12 months or older. And Netflix says right now it's aiming 20% rather than 25, which makes sense. 12, yeah, you don't need, they don't need new releases. They'll do 12 months. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, all right, next one. TV writers stand in solidarity with assistance demands for a living wage 
in IATSE contract talks. Um, yeah, this isn't surprising. There's a constant for such a unionized industry. Um, there's a lot of these talks. There was the writer strike from a long time ago, which is I mean, writers are criminally underpaid, and now they're the assistants want more money. I I'm I don't know, but it seems like there's a lot of unpaid internships, and a lot of assistants don't make much. Um, under the contract, the minimum pay for writers' assistance is only 16 an hour, while script coordinators who report directly to their showrunners or head writers are paid as little as 17.64 an hour. Wow, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so good for them. Hopefully, hopefully they get it. Yeah, with all the money you get thrown out in the Hollywood accounting that they do, um, I hope I hope these people get paid more. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, Simon Pegg is going to adapt a Galaxy Quest uh, TV show. Good for him. I know. I like all the things that are said in that sentence. I don't know if it'll live up to the original. It's going to be really, 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 yeah. really, really, really hard. But uh, it's not like Tim Allen can't be replaced. or or And Sigourney Weaver, as much as I love her, like somebody else can do as good a job as she did in it. Um, but yeah, uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman. Oh, oh, and Sam Rockwell, Tony Shalhoub. Sam Rockwell wasn't Justin Long as a kid in that. I think he is in it for a. Was he? Yeah, he's in it for a little bit. He, at least. He's in a pretty decent part of it. Oh, he's is the he? kid that, He's the kid that stumbles on with That's the cat. Right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that he was really good in that. That's in fact, I think that's kind of what made him famous. Yeah. Uh, Enrico Colantoni is in it too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know who he is. Uh, okay. He was Elias and Person of Interest, and he was on that Just Shoot Me show. Oh, yeah. Is I that what yeah. I, yeah. I feel like he's, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, and Missy Pyle. I like Missy Pyle. She's, uh, I think she's from, yeah, she's from. Uh, Missy Pyle from 100 Things. Yeah. Well, no, she's from Pecan Grove, where I'm from. My, my sister and her sister knew each other from high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she's, I won't hold that against her. <laughs> well, and she's also good in dodgeball. Uh, as uh, yeah, oh, well, you know who it is, the the, the unibrow. Yes, the unibrow. Yeah, yeah. She's in a ton of stuff, but yeah, always I always like following her just because my sister knows her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to the Galaxy Quest. I'll give it a shot. I mean, Simon Pegg and Galaxy Quest together sounds just Simon Pegg. Will, Simon Pegg will do it with love. So yeah, I, I totally trust him with with it in his hands. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. This is this is going to be kind of a this is a lot of up and coming well not even just up and coming but here uh, people getting together on it on a topic that hasn't really been done Ryan Coogler Shaka King Lil Ray Howery are teaming on an American and then also Charles D King who I don't know uh, on an American political insurrection film which will be interesting so anything those guys do is going to get attention. Shaka King recently directed the movie Judas and the Black Messiah, which was very enjoyable. Uh, Coogler did Fruitville Station and Black Panther and uh, the first Creed movie. And it's kind of anything he does, I'm, I'm at least intrigued. So I'm interested to see what this is going to be about, just because I feel like a lot of these guys, with, with those three together, I feel like I'm going to see something I don't, normally see you're just going to get something different for better or for worse you're going to get something that's not the same rehash yeah i agree yeah yeah that sounds sounds great can't wait to hear what it is yeah 
Uh, all right. Stay with me on this one. No. Uh, so they're going to make uh, Peacock, the Peacock Plus series or whatever it's called. Uh, they're going to make a limited series about Joe Exotic and the Tiger King. I assumed we were all kind of done with this. Um, I was certainly, yeah, I, was, I know. I was certainly done. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds awful. I don't want no part of it. Um, but they've got Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, they have Kate McKinnon, who is going to play Carol Baskin. And then Kyle right. McLaughlin's going to play her husband, Howard. And uh, I forgot. Oh, man, I saw who they had for Joe Exotic. But I can't remember. John Cameron Mitchell. As you say, there's two different movies being made at the same time about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and it was a big deal. Yeah, they announced it like... They announced this, like, honestly, like, two months after it aired. Yeah. Uh, it was such a huge thing that, yeah, they, 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 they launched two different Joe Exotic series, both focusing on Carol Baskin. Uh, and, and I'm trying to remember the other actors that was hired to, to, to do them. And, and somebody really shocking was brought in, was, was named to be Joe Exotic in one of them. And, like... Ah, it's so it's, it's Nicholas. So there's one with Nicholas Cage in it. I don't know if he's Joe Exotic. It's just called the Joe Exotic Project, and it, all I see is Nicholas Cage. The other one is interesting. So I'm looking further into it. Um, I, I don't remember a lot of these people's names because it was so long ago. But Kate McKinnon is Carol Baskin. Kyle MacLachlan is Howard Baskin, her husband. John Cameron Mitchell, who I don't know, is Joe Exotic. Uh, I'm looking up okay. him. He's in. He's gonna be in the Sandman series. Okay, good for him. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know him from anything. Uh, he's a. He played Andy Warhol in Vinyl. I know you saw Vinyl. He was in Girls. I mean, he's in little stuff here and there. Um, uh, but it's also got William Fitchner, Dean Winters, uh, Nat Wolf. I don't know if it's Nat or Nate, but him and his brother are both really good actors. Um. Okay. Yeah, I like I, I I don't want to. Oh, and apparently it's created by Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin alone is going to get me in the door. Yeah. I at least have I to think, see what that is. And I think that Nicolas Cage is the other one that I was trying to think of. Maybe that was uh, the other one that I'd heard of at the same time that they they announced he would play Joe Exotic. So maybe that was just the other one. But uh, God, I thought I could have sworn I heard like Matthew McConaughey or someone that was like, "You're like, wait, what? No way." <laughs> they have too big a career to do a Joe Exotic. Yeah, but uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 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 there were rumors, but it never happened, and it ended up being Nicolas Cage. Well, it's got Nicolas uh, Cage now in eight episodes, so I guess that's going to be a TV project. I don't know on what. I wish IMDb would tell you what it's actually on. They didn't used to have to do that as much, but now you have to because you don't know where to go. Yeah. Or if I can yeah. watch it, there's some streaming services that are so out there, I'm not going to bother with. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally agree. It's weird that they don't that they don't put where you're gonna see it. Yeah. You know, what what streaming app, what you know, network, whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right, the last story I just added this morning because uh, it's got a lot of elements. Um, all right, would you go see a movie about Barbie? About who? Barbie. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, only if Margot Robbie's playing her. Ah, you already got me. All right. Yeah, directed by Greta... <laughs> damn you. Uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, too, who I, I loved um, Lady Bird. I thought that was really good. Yeah. 
it has the potential. It could be funny. I think it's going to be a comedy. Yeah. It could be funny. I know that at one point Amy Schumer was actually attached to play Barbie. Um, and they and and then she backed out uh, due to something else, yeah. and then they got Margot Robbie. So um, yeah, so I could, and Margot Robbie is funny. So I could yeah. definitely see her doing a good job in making this funny if the story is correct. I just don't know how you do. It. I mean, you somewhat have to make fun of the fact that Barbie's too perfect and that that's not something that everyone should try to live up to. You know, what I mean, that that obviously has to be part of the message. Do you want to know what it's girls. about? Yeah, what is it? All right. A doll living in Barbie land is expelled for not being perfect enough and sets off on an adventure in the real world. A live action feature <laughs> film based on the popular line of Barbie dolls. Directed by Greta right. Gerwig, uh, written by Greta and Noah Baumbach. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I got to see the trailer. It sounds like it could be really funny, or it could be what was there was like a movie called Ugly Dolls, a kids' movie that was so bad. Ugly uh, Dolls? Yeah, it was called Ugly Dolls. It came out like it was like one of the big studio ones okay. that I think it was right as COVID hit. Oh yeah, and yeah, I remember this came out. Yeah, exact same thing. You know, the the dolls that were rejects and not perfect had to be cast out. Uh, oh, uh, but this is them. this seems. I'm looking at the cast, and this is this looks like it was all done for the music and not really a show because yeah, the oh, movie yeah. musical event of the year. So the cast is Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas, uh, Janelle Monae, Blake Shelton. Pitbull, yep. Lizzo, Charlie XCX, uh, Emma Roberts, so, so and then Wanda Sykes. Exactly like, how you Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that sounds like they did a whole thing for music, and but, but I mean, Trolls story. launched. Trolls was the same thing, and it did really well because they had a decent storyline to it. But uh, Ugly Dolls did not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, there's al- there's always a but trolls also. I mean, the cast is better. Anna Kendrick, Justin Timberlake, who's actually good. Joey Deschanel, Christopher Mintz-Plaus. I still like that guy. Russell Brand, Christine Baranski. I like her. John Cleese. They got John Cleese. J- Jeffrey Tambor, James Corden. I'll be honest. I never watched his show, but after watching the Friends reunion thing, I don't care for him. Uh, oh, and they got Run <laughs> Run Funches. I'm gonna go watch this now. How much? If Ron Funches is in it, more than forty percent, I'm watching it. He is. Okay. Well, <laughs> looks like I just planned my weekend. All right, man. Uh, oh, Reese Darby's in it. Jeffrey Tambor. Okay. Well, yeah, this is an amazing cast. That's a big difference. Yeah. No wonder the other one didn't do well. Well, now I gotta watch Trolls. Thanks. <laughs> Enjoy. All right. All right, that wraps up everything we've got on this Friday. We will come back on Monday uh, with uh, everything we've been watching, which will include Black Widow. I think you're going today. I'm going tomorrow. And then I'm going to try and get around to Tomorrow War so we can talk about that as well. All right. I'll I'll be sure to start sending the uh, spoils spoilers uh, in the next uh, by around 7. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. All right. I'll talk to you then. All right. See you, bud.